Hello and welcome to the Green Power Podcast. Tonight I am joined by Tom to discuss the superb 3-0 victory against Aston Villa last night at Craven Cottage. How are you doing, Tom? Yeah, brilliant, mate. Absolutely fantastic. Buzzing after last night. It always, it always feels better the next day after a win, doesn't it? Definitely, yeah. You wake <laughs> up with a spring in your step, don't you? Especially winning like we did. Um, yeah. But look, sum, up, sum it up for me the best you can. Oh, it was just it was just brilliant, you know. I thought the atmosphere was cracking from from the word go. I thought the hammy end was in full voice. Uh, the Riverside and the JH stands were, you know, they 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 had some input as well. Um, but the light show before, I, I liked that. That was good. It you know, g'd everyone up. Um, I thought I thought we could have been, you know, two three nil up inside fifteen minutes. To be fair, I thought from the word go, we just we we got out Villa like we spoke about the other day and. In the previous pod with Dan, you know, we we just we just went at them, and I, th- I think that was the best option we had from the word go, and yeah, it proved to be a brilliant night for everyone. I think it was our biggest win in the Premier League for for nine years, so you know, brilliant, just fantastic. I I do agree with you. I think the light show was was certainly something different, and one uh, I think a lot of people enjoyed. I'm hoping they do it again. Uh, I see a few yeah. people on Twitter not liking it. Some liked it. But you know, just just go with it. I'm I'm a huge fan. Yeah, um, I thought with with including the music and everything that went along with it, I thought it really it really made a made a difference. To be honest, and I thought it g'd up quite a lot of people. Yeah, or perhaps they could have put in um, all of the lights, as in the uh, the Kanye West song, um, just to sort of yeah. spice up a little bit. But look, I was a fan of it. But talking about the result itself. As you rightly said, we could have been free new up in 15 minutes. I think if it wasn't for Martinez, we could have been going in half time four or five nil up. And that's even then we probably wouldn't have been flattered by by the scoreline at half time. Um William, I think in the first three minutes, cuts in and uh, Martinez makes a good save with his feet. Uh, I think Mitrovic had a header cleared off the line. Andreas had a volley outside the box, which somehow got deflected wide. Yeah, the the chances were just they were coming every two minutes, so it seemed. Um, and as, as we spoke about on the podcast the other night, that if you start fast, get in their faces, we can make it as comfortable as we want it to be. And I don't remember, well, I can't remember the last time we played a Premier League game and it was as comfortable as that. Um, and before the game, I was actually speaking to a friend of mine and he said, look, tonight's gonna, we're either going to win comfortably or we're going to lose, um, purely because it will be dependent on whether the players actually want Gerard as a manager or not. But as it turned out, we had some masterclasses from William and a few others, and we kept a clean sheet, which was the most important thing. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. But we'll, we'll break down the goals the best we can. Uh, the first goal saw that man Harrison Reed again on the score sheet for the second time in four league games. What has happened to him? Where has he found his shooting boots from? I think um, I think he's he's always had the ability to sh- to shoot from distance because uh, he's always tried it since he's been with us. But it's I think more the fact that he's been given that free roam. I mean, we all wanted Tom Kearney to start. I think um, the vast majority of fans would have said Tom Kearney to start. But you know, fair play to him. Harrison Reed was brilliant, and you know, Marco Silva made the right choice to play him. Um, 
he, I thought he was back to his best last night. He was tenacious. He was in their faces. He was box to box. He was everywhere you could want him to be. And, and I think that, that coincided with Palinia having another really good game as well. They were both slightly off of it against Bournemouth, in my opinion. But mm. last night, I genuinely thought they were back to the best. And in terms of his goal, uh, Villa were warned, weren't they, with the, with the Pereira one, what, five minutes before. Yeah. If you leave space on the edge of the box, one of our players is going to be there and they're going to have a shot. And they got away with the Pereira one, but the, the Harrison Reed one, they didn't. I thought it was a cracking strike. He you know, hits it with the, the top spin and it dips right into the bottom corner. There's no way anyone's stopping it. It's, it's a great hit. And uh, yeah, congratulations to him. Fair play to him because hopefully he gets a few more this season. It'd be nice. Um, but where I sit, I sit right in line pretty much with the goal itself, right in the enclosure where the players come out. And for the life of me, I, I was certain it took a slight deflection on, on its way in. Um, but having it seen it back, it didn't. It, it just went straight in. Um, yeah, it was the dip, I think. It just it makes you think maybe it's took a nick off someone and dipped in. But no, he hit it with the dip. Yeah. And it is celebration, I think, says a lot about the team at the minute. The first thing he does is he runs straight over to, to Marco Silva. Big hugs. Everyone's together. And I think yeah. this time round, compared to the last two attempts in the Premier League, there seems to be that togetherness there. And yeah. Marco Silva's got to have a huge part in that, isn't he? Oh, fantastic point. Yeah, he's, he's, he's galvanised. Since the moment he came in, he's galvanised the team. And I think... Uh, a lot of that, it's not just him, it's the team around him that he's brought in. Uh, Morte, obviously, Hugo Oliveira, you know, his team of, of coaches that came with him. I think the whole lot has just like changed. I think it's just freshened everything up at the club. And I think everybody is reaping the rewards now. I mean, I spoke to someone last, last night before the game who who said similar to, to what, you, what you said off, off air just now, that if we'd have you know, if it depends on how the players are, we'll either lose it comfortably or we'll win it comfortably. And I think I said before the game to this guy that there was no, I, I didn't have any worries. I thought we were going to win the game comfortably because the character in the team this time round is different. I felt they go into this game, they're full of confidence, they do what Silver wants and they'll win this game, no problem. And yeah, it, it comes down to him. He's, he's, He's breeding the confidence throughout the team. Yeah, and it certainly helps when you've got a Fulham, I'd say a Fulham legend, a Fulham cult hero standing beside Silva in Louis Beaumont, as you rightly said. Um, his song gets sung regularly. I think every game you hear uh, the Louis Bow chant, um, which yeah, exactly. does, certainly brings up memories anyway um, for myself personally. Um, but no, it, it was a, a great performance. And again, massive shout out to Harrison Reed. If he can have a very good last sort of four or five games, there may be a small chance he could be a. He could get his England call up. Maybe not the World Cup, but maybe sort of beginning next year. You know, he, yeah, he does. No. He does put in some really good performances. Um, and again, I'd I'd like to see him give him a chance if if he's done on form. You know, there's a few England players which have been caught up in the last sort of 18 to 24 months that you look at and go, well, I don't know how he's got in there. But mm-hmm, why not? Why not give him a go? Well, you look at um, number sixes, say, that England have and 
Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice are the, are the main ones. But beyond those two, that, that, there's, a, there's a spot up for grabs. Yeah, and, and Phillips, Phillips is missing the World Cup as well, isn't he? Exactly, yeah. So why why not Harrison Reed? He's had a great start to the season. The only thing that might not work in his favour is the fact that he's playing more as a box-to-box player rather than the, the defensive holding midfielder that Southgate likes. But he can play that role and he can play it very well. So, yeah, I'm with you. I think, you know, there's a possibility. I don't think he will, but... No. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't see why not, but... You know, we talk it into existence. They say, don't they? So why yeah, not? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Let's let's push for uh, Harrison Reed to get to the World Cup in uh, in a few weeks' time. <laughs> <laughs> right. So we go in a one nil. I think a lot of us are scratching our heads, thinking, "How on earth is it only one nil?" And then the typical negativity comes in, especially from my point of view. Have we blown our chance of getting three points? Now, just after half time, we had a not a bit of luck, but Louise got sent off for a headbutt on Mitro, which we now have found out that it's been reversed. Uh, why on earth has he even attempted to square up? And what it looked like in real time that he did put a head in. Um, but why would you do something like that, Tom? Especially when your team's losing. I mean, there are, there's a lot of frustration at Aston Villa. And I think that came out in that moment. I didn't even, like, I was quite close to the whole incident. And I didn't even see what exactly Mitrovic did to Douglas Louise in the first place. Then they had a little bit of a chat, and then all of a sudden, Mitrovic is Mitrovic. He's he's looking he's looking for something. Mm. Yeah, he's always looking for trouble. <laughs> That's just what he does, <laughs> which is why we all love him. But yeah, he squares up, he bangs a chest, but it does in real time. It looks like Douglas Louise moves his head towards him. Um, it reminded me a lot of the Darwin Nunes on. Joachim Anderson earlier on in the season yeah, um, where he kind of like chested him but moved his head up at the same time so you know maybe his heights played a role in all of it but I mean to me in real time and like I say I was sat quite close to it it looked like a red from where I was sat Mitrovic has done what any player in the Premier League would do if that happened to them he's gone down yeah, you know, I've been talking to people all day saying he's gone down, it's embarrassing, blah blah blah. But any player who gets touched like that nowadays is going to go down. That's just the way the game is. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, for me in real time, it was a red card. It's been rescinded. I don't know, but um, yeah, I think it was just frustration on his part. Things weren't going their way, and yeah, he's just taken it out, Mitrovic. Yeah, and but the another thing that sort of surprised me a little bit is. Obviously, where I sit, I saw uh, the ref go to the to the monitor, and the monitor just weren't working. It was a blank screen. Yeah. So he thought, yeah, "What on earth's going on here?" <laughs> and then he's looked sort of down, and he's seen it again. He he looked at it for all of what three seconds, and then he was adamant yeah. it's a red card. Now, yeah. you know, now now it's been rescinded. I do feel slightly sorry for for Villa. Um, not that I don't think it wouldn't have changed the scoreline whatsoever. I still think we'd have won on one comfortably. Um, but it just goes to show that I don't think VAR is necessarily the issue. I think it's people that run it. That's, that's the majority. That's the main issue. I think if it's, if the right people are in charge of it, it's, it can be used brilliant. But I think my biggest problem with it is it's too slow, um, and there's still a lot of mistakes that are happening. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you see in Europe it's being used and it's being used well 
in yeah. Germany, France, Italy. Um, or they have the odd occasion, but for the actual decisions, it's being used well. It's not being used well here. And I mean, I'm looking forward to Howard Webb coming in and revamping the whole thing because I think he's the sort of person who's going to, you know, take take out the silly decisions. You know, that the handball rule at the moment is it's just crazy. But um, you know, just take out those silly decisions and it's cut, it's clear cut, it's cut and dry. And if it's a mistake by the referee, the VAR overturns it, job done. That's it. Yeah. That's how it works. I think I think I mean, with the refs are. Sorry, I mean, oh, sorry, go on. I was just saying, I mean, Michael Oliver, in my opinion, is one of our best referees. And mm. that says a lot, considering how many mistakes are made. So, you know, it just ref, ref, carry on. Yeah, no, it, it, sorry. It just seems like the, the refs are relying too heavily on VAR. Instead of refing the game and letting VAR come in when it's needed, there still seems to be a a bit of uncertainty from the refs on whether they should make a decision or not because they're going to wait for someone in his ear to tell him, look, go to the monitor or that was a foul or not. Yeah. I think and, ref the game. Uh, yeah, exactly. Ref the game. I mean, the other day someone made a point to me that was, I think it was Rob Jones, one of the newer referees. Mm. He made a decision and Mike Dean was on VAR and he went over and Mike Dean overturned it. Even though it was the wrong decision to overturn it, Mike Dean overturned it. But Rob Jones isn't going to argue with Mike Dean because Mike Dean's got God knows how much more experience than him. Yeah. Was that He's the Newcastle game? The VAR I think so, yeah. I'm not, I'm Newcastle not Palace, sure. I think it was. I'm not 100% sure, but the point the point is there that, you know, if it's someone who's got more experience, which nine times out of ten it is, because you've got John Moss, Mike Dean, people like that in the VAR, they're going to, they're going to, when they make a decision, the re- on, on-field referee who hasn't been doing it as long as they have, is going to say, okay, I'll go with what you say. Yeah. So, yeah, refs have got to start just reffing the game again and not relying heavily on VAR and just... Exactly. Yeah, they've got to take responsibilities. You know, that's their game. Yeah, exactly. Last week with the Man City-Liverpool game, uh, Anthony Taylor said before the game to, to to the managers, this is how I'm going to ref the game. He let the game flow. There were challenges that would normally be a free kick, but he let it go. Because that's how he told them he was going to ref that game, which well, you know, it was one of the best games we've seen this season. So. Yeah, but then the other side of that is he's let it go that much that when Man City scored, that it was pulled back for a foul. I think Haaland fouled. I can't remember who it was. He he made a foul on a Liverpool player. Whereas you know, challenges like that were being let go, but because City yeah. had scored, then VAR pull it back and go, well, no, that's a foul. So yeah. again, it is all down to to consistency. But exactly. Yeah. You you mentioned the handball rule, which is the next thing I want to talk about. Is yeah. the, the second goal comes from Mitrovic having a volley on goal? It hits Cash hand, Cash's hand. Both hands are in the air. I don't know why he's like he's on a roller coaster or something. I have no idea why his hands are there. The ball's hit it, and the penalty's given. Now because he's yeah. given it on field, it can't then be overturned, but the, suppose the first thing is a is it a penalty, um, and two how important was that second goal to sort of effectively kill the game off? I mean, I, I think it was a penalty if you go by the letter of the law. Like you say, his hands are out, but I think because of how close he is and how quick 
Mitrovic hits the shot. I think you wouldn't be upset if it didn't get given as a penalty. Mm. Uh, mainly because of you know how close he was to the ball. But I agree. I've seen it time and time again. Obviously, I wasn't close to it last night, but I've seen it over and over again on replays. And it does look like he kind of throws his left arm above his head, which mm. is just, you know, it is a bit odd, but I think he's just throwing his body at the ball. Um, yeah, I, I think by the letter of the law, it's a penalty. But because yeah, it's in a natural sense, position, isn't it? But for common sense, it's not. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I can't argue with it's, it's one. It's one. It's one of those. You know, we, you know, like you said, it, it balances itself out over the season, according to most people. And we didn't get one at West Ham where they scored the goal. We've got one last night, so that's the way I look at it. That's the way I'd look at that. Um, for the goal going in, uh, well, he did his best to miss it, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just a bit, yeah. <laughs> Does I he think, fill uh, you with does he fill you with much confidence? For me, when Mitrovic steps up to take a penalty, no. I'm I'm 50-50 <laughs> as to whether he's gonna score. You know, we've had the likes of Berbatov, Murphy, Saha, and you know for a fact when there's a nine nine times out of ten they're gonna score. With Mitrovic, it's it's fifty-fifty for me. And <laughs> I don't have any confidence in him stepping up and taking a penalty. I don't think he knows what he's doing. When he takes the penalty, <laughs> personally, no, I don't, I don't mean that like bad or anything. I just mm. think he steps up and thinks, right, I'm sticking it in that corner. But then when he says I'm sticking it in that corner to himself, his body says it as well. The one yeah. against Bournemouth, I don't know if you noticed, but he stutters before he hits it. And he gives so the goal to the goes, eyes, doesn't he? Exactly. Neto goes before he hits it. Um, maybe if he integrates a stutter into it. But I also think confidence is a massive thing for Mitrovic with the penalties. If he's banging goals in left, right and centre and he gets a penalty, I'm more confident, I'm probably 70% confident that he's, he's going to score it. But yeah. if he's struggling in a game or what have you, then maybe I'm a bit more 50-50 like yourself. If, in my opinion, if someone like William or Harry Wilson is on the pitch, they take the penalty in my opinion. But, you know, he's he's the number nine and he's, he's taking the penalties and it went in and that's all that matters. Uh, in terms of killing the game off, yeah, it was it was dead and buried. I think it was dead and buried after the red card, personally. But um, yeah. Villa, Villa didn't really cause anything going the other way, and I think that showed in in the second half with with the amount of possession we had, and it was just one way traffic, really. And um, yeah, when when the second one went in, I think that was it. It was curtains, and then they made a a strange substitution where they brought brought Dendonka on for. Danny Ings? Yeah, they took mm-hmm. up a striker and brought on a midfielder. Yeah, just after <laughs> they went 2-0 down. But, you know. I think that was just Gerard having a laugh and going, well, I'm going to get sacked <laughs> anyway, so I may as well annoy the fans a little bit more. Yeah, maybe. But, yeah, the penalty... I, Mitrovic did an interview with uh, Amazon Prime afterwards. I got home from the game and I just saw some of the interviews. And we've been mentioning that he's... He's, he's, he's not fit. Any, everyone can see that. And he actually mentioned he's not trained properly in about 20 days. Mm. Um, and the day before the game, he was actually practising penalties. Because I think, I don't know who it was, I think it was Les Ferdinand or the, the come, whoever it was hosting it, said, have you been practising penalties? And he said, yeah, I was practising a few penalties yesterday, sort of thing. Um, but again, I'm with you. I, I don't feel remotely confident when he steps up. And as crazy as that sounds, 
and some people may be listening to this and going, what on earth are you talking about? He he does miss a fair few, um, but he's a number nine. No one's getting a ball off him. If he's on the pitch, he's taking a penalty regardless. because um, he, He's got milestones to break. He's got goals to score. Um, but moving on to the third goal, it was it went down as a, a Tyrone Mings own goal. But mm. it was fantastic play from Cabano on the left, wasn't it? It was a brilliant breakaway in in like as a team as well. I thought we moved the ball so quickly, considering we'd we'd already the game was over, we'd run we'd won the game. But in true silver fashion, they wanted to win by more. They wanted to do more. And uh yeah, it was it was brilliantly brilliantly worked out to Cabano on the left and yeah, he put put Matty Cash on the floor and then whipped the ball across and you know, that's what you've got to do. And uh, you know, Cabano deserves a lot of credit. I think he's He's done really well this season. He stepped up, and uh, I think Luis Bermorte is a big part of how Cabano's development has come on in the last year or so. Yeah. Um, if you'd have said to me that Cabano would be starting as our a winger in the Premier League this season, in the Parker season, I'd have probably cried, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> but um, after last season and and seeing him start this season, he's. Yeah, he's a tricky winger and you know, step overs send people for biscuits, don't they? So yeah. He's <laughs> he's brilliant. Yeah. yeah. He's doing so well. I, I, I full credit to him and, and you know, the whole team really. But he's he's a typical Fulham player, in my opinion. He's no one really dislikes Cabana. I don't think I've met anyone that dislikes him. Um his Cabano's diaries he does for the website and Fulham's YouTube channel are always golden. Watching him, yeah. he, he seems to love winding Mitrovic up. And listen, if he if he's doing that and Mitrovic is scoring, wind him up more, please. Um, but yeah, I think the Solomon injury has certainly helped him get more first team fo- football in the the Premier League. And I, for one, hope it continues because, as you said, he's he's done really well this season. And I'm in agreement that Bermoy has taken him to the next level because he's always been fairly consistent with us in the in the lower leagues in the Championship. But I think even this season, he seems to have taken it to the next level. And Yeah, I think... Sorry. Um, I was just going to say, I think mm. that um, one thing he's really added is end product. Yeah. I think when he first came, first couple of seasons when he came, he'd, he'd beat a man and then try and beat the man again. And then when he eventually put the ball in, it would go into Rosette. But now, <laughs> he, yeah, he definitely... He's, he's improved in every aspect of his game. And, you know, it's full credit to him as a player for wanting to do that at the age of 30 as well. So, yeah. So, last night, we, as we said, we we won 3-0. Fantastic performance. We kept the clean sheet. Um, it was actually our, our first home clean sheet of the season. It was Leno's first clean sheet in a Fulham shirt. And we looked very, very comfortable. Now, if I had to ask you for your man of the match, who would it be and why? For me, it's William, mm. um, because one, I thought he just he was class all over the pitch. All right, he didn't get the finish, didn't score, but I felt every time he got the ball, he was in space. He was always looking up. He was always playing forward, and also he he was always slowing the game down. It was almost like he was playing the game at his speed. I know Villa played concert right back, and it gave him all the time in the world, but. You know, he's 34, but he's he's still full of class. He might have lost a yard of place, 
but he's definitely still got the ability. And I felt not just him, but Tim Ream, uh, Mitrovic, just the older, the older, more experienced players in the team last night. They came to the front and they stepped up last night. And I thought that all of them, all the players deserve a lot of credit, but I felt that they managed the game really well, which is something we do struggle with at times. Like even after the first goal went in, Villa went down the other end and Leno had to make a save from Danny Ings. I felt like the concentration was there. It was like, no, we are going to get this clean sheet. We are going to win this game. Everybody was on song. But for me, William was just above and beyond everybody else. He was he was just brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's hard to disagree with that. I think he was under a lot of scrutiny. What a transfer was anyway from a lot of a lot of fans that I read on social media. He's too old. He's too slow. He was rubbish at Arsenal, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but it seems like whenever we, whenever well, our fan base at times sort of throw someone under a bus before they've even kicked a ball, they tend to to prove people wrong. And I think William yeah. is a a typical sign in that. Listen, he's been written off, but you can tell he's still got so much class about him. And the, the more same happened got... with Andreas Pereira as well. Well, this is Quite it. A lot of people wrote off Pereira. Yeah. And you look at our signings, and the longer the season goes on, the more you have to take your hat off to the, rec- to the, to the recruitment. Now, it's not very often we can say that, but the no. likes of William come in on a free transfer, Leno that's come in for three million, up to eight million of add ons, Andreas, which was what, 17 million ten, or something? 10, 10. 10 million. Yeah. yeah. You just think, that's good value, really good value. And yeah, Paulinia, you add into the mix. We have we have a very good squad there. Um, and obviously we can't get too ahead of ourselves. But moving on to Leeds on Sunday, we do have the opportunity to get rid of two managers in the space of a, a few days. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, we, we've got to be looking forward to Leeds now, haven't we? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, uh, like I said the other day, if we win against Villa, then we go to Leeds and Everton beyond, full of confidence. Um, but yeah, I think now we have to go to Leeds. They haven't won in seven games, is it? And their fans were asking for market Marcelo Bielsa back last night. So you know, there's a little bit of unrest there. And I think if we can again get into them early doors, maybe get one nil up early on, I think their fan base will turn. And then it's a hard game for them. Mm. Um, if we let them play, then they'll play the way they did against Arsenal, and it'll be a tough day for us. But yeah, yeah I'm 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 confident of going there and maybe maybe winning the game, if mm. not getting something from it, and then coming back to to the home game against Everton and hopefully getting free in that. Yeah, it'd be a fantastic couple of weeks if if we can round it off now with a win on Sunday and a win at home to Everton. Because after yeah. that, you're looking at, what's it, Man City away and Man United at home. Two games which, if you get anything from, it's a bonus. Um, you saying that, I think I think we could get something from Man United at home. Uh, Man City, uh, uh, that game doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, that's, a yeah. key, that's a key with below seven sort of game, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Anything, yeah. Hopefully we go there and make have a good account of ourselves. That's that's all I ask for on that day. But the Man United game, I think there's you know there's unrest there with the Ronaldo thing, and they're not the side they used to be. And 
Yeah, I, th- I think we maybe nick something from that one at home. It'd be good to go into the World Cup break on the back of a, a positive result at home to Man United. It would well, be very uh, good. It would, we are getting ahead of ourselves, but just a look. We, we, we're, we're sitting ninth place. It's, you know, we're just under a third of the way through the season. Mm-hmm. Why not think positive? It's not very often we can be 10 games in in the Premier League campaign and feel positive and feel excited about the season ahead. So, you know, if we're going to get criticised for sort of overhyping how things are at the minute, then so be it. But I think with Silva at the helm and Mitrovic up top, with Polinia, Diop, you know, Leno, we have a spine in this squad now and a spine yeah. that I think is good enough to finish top 12, top 13. Um, but yeah, let's try and keep grounded at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> but look, Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you for coming on. Um, it certainly won't be the last time we speak together again. So I hope you have a fantastic weekend. And yeah, yeah I'll speak to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, mate. Thanks for having me. No problem. And up the Fulham. Absolutely.